the High Crush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. In this episode, I chat with Michael Johnson Jr. of Centex Smokers out of Luling, Texas. Michael has welding in his blood, and although as a kid he didn't want to follow in his dad's footsteps, he's now thankful to have his dad and his expertise by his side. With the attention to detail he puts into his craft and the customer-first mentality, Michael has brought Centex smokers into the forefront of pit building in a short period of time. He's made custom pits for many big names in barbecue, including several of the Texas Monthly Top 50 list. And he's just getting started. I hope you enjoy the show. This is Centex Smokers. Good, good. Just got done putting in a day at the shop. Pretty much it's uh, me, and then I have a part-time helper who's uh, named Trevor. His dad is actually a Dave that works at Burnt Bean, and then my my dad also helps. He's he has a full-time job, but he works in the afternoon and on the weekends. So yeah, there's only there's only three of us. So, so cool, man. It's been. Uh... Yeah, we've been chatting back and forth a little bit, so I'm glad we finally uh, get to uh, get to get on the show, man. Get together and, and, and get a, record a show here. Um, really, really looking forward to this. You are one of the guys that's kind of on a hot streak right now. Um, I've been seeing so many of your cool uh, pits out there, cool designs. Uh, congratulations on on all of your latest success. We'll man it's it's uh, it's been awesome for you yeah it's been uh crazy like not not expected at all i don't know like how i got lucky or, or kind of what's happened you know but it's really uh man it, like i've been blown away like over and over again and it's uh it's a blessing but it's also like the people i've gotten to meet and barbecue like i've already made some life on people i know I'm be friends with whether i'm building pits or not like phenomenal people and that's been like the biggest thing is a year and a half ago I didn't know anybody really like a few a handful of people I went to breakfast last year nobody knew who I was versus going this year you know people know a little bit more about us they've seen some of our builds and then Relatons pit was there Andrew Soto and Butters had his pit there you know and people got to see some of our stuff finally in person because you know we're finally get to have have events again so it was good, you know, to finally get to meet people. You know, I've met a lot of people on Instagram or talked to them, but to finally get to put like a face with whoever you've been talking to. So it was great. That's awesome, man. So let, let's talk a little bit about you, kind of um, where you're from, where uh, where did you grow up? Sure. Uh, man, I'm born and raised uh, in Luling. Uh, I did move away after high school. Uh, I spent some time down around Houston. I went to uh, college for welding down there, and I actually worked in a couple of uh, machine shops to put myself through school before moving back home. Me and my wife, you know, we live in Lula now. We have a family. We wanted to move back. So, so you're from small town. Uh, you wanted to go back to the small yeah. town. Um, is, yeah. is it sounds like welding was something that was always in your future. Uh, was building pits a part of that, or what was your plan? Man, to be honest with you, uh, the only reason 
Like I, I, I learned, my dad started teaching me how to weld when I was six. And so I grew up like knowing how to weld, but I never wanted to be a welder because that's what my dad was like, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then whenever I, I was going to college, I had moved to San Marcos to try to go to Texas state and, uh, just missed the part about going to class and doing all that. So that was like a short thing. And then I was back to like, well, you know, I was 19. I was like, well, what am I going to do? You know, I knew welding. So I went to school for welding, but even after getting like graduating from the program, uh, I went to work for Sicko pipeline in college station. So I, I actually worked in the oil field all through my twenties and I'm 31 now. And, uh, luckily, during uh, COVID, I ended up getting, I say luckily, to, to get laid off, but I got laid off, and that was when I finally actually had the chance to start this. I'd been wanting to do it for a couple of years, but I couldn't. I couldn't because uh, <clears throat> I already had a family and had been working in the oil field, you know, and I was making good money, you know, was happy doing it, and uh, I just got I kind of got blessed to get laid off and it gave me the opportunity to finally do this. So, Yeah. A lot of times it's those uh, blessings in disguise that kind of push us to accomplish things that, uh, <laughs> you know, that yeah. you, that you always wanted to do, but yeah. uh, that little nudge sometimes is what you need. Sure. And it was, it was funny because, you know, growing up in Luling, I had always like eaten at city market and at, you know, Smitty's and Kreitz and Lockhart, like that was all I had ever eaten. And then when I moved away from home to go, like I lived down in Wharton, I went to Wharton, Wharton Junior College and uh, the barbecue there, it, it wasn't great. There wasn't much to choose from. And then moving from there to College Station, all they had was Rudy's, which was, it's like a chain gas station barbecue, not the greatest. And uh, so I just missed home. And then, you know, when me and my wife moved home, I had my barbecue fixed again. But when I was working, uh, I was working on for a natural gas pipeline company up around Brenham on a project. And I went ate at Truth for the first time, like on a Friday, I knew my boss was gone. It was like before a holiday. And uh, I went and got in line, like had my FRs on with my jeans tucked in my boots, like straight up oil field, like <laughs> just came off the pad and went in and ate. And like, I just remember the first time trying the brisket, I was just like, you know, had that holy shit moment. and. I met a guy in line that was from England and like, I think I waited in line like 45 minutes and just got to talk to him. And he actually like comes to Texas every year for a week vacation, just to eat barbecue. And he told me like, he fills a carry on with Rotel to take it back. Cause he can't get it over there. And I just thought that was like badass that like all these people are waiting in line, drinking free beer. And like you go inside and this food is just like, holy, holy crap. Next level. Like, being from Luling and eating Lockhart and Luling barbecue, like it was like somebody slapping me in the face. And that that eating there is kind of like what really started me like being interested and in, like wanting to start doing more because I knew I could weld. I knew I had fab- fabrication skills. I wanted to start trying to get into pits because that was like my way of being able to be involved in this badass process. So, <laughs> you know. It's it's kind of funny, you know, like, and I've told Leonard, like, I've commented before on one of his posts, like, I don't think if I wouldn't have eaten at Truth that day, like, maybe I wouldn't have never really had, like, the kick in the ass to really start doing this. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I think we we all have that 
that kick in the ass to get into barbecue in some way, shape, or form. So that's that's cool. Truth is definitely a place that will do that to you. That you know, yeah. Leonard and yeah. his team are crushing it out there, man. They're they're so good, so so good. Yeah, and it's uh, been nice now because like burnt beans twenty minutes from my house, and then. I'm I'm really cool with these Soul and Joe and Dusty and the guys at 2M. So I probably eat I've been eating at 2M a lot more like recently just because I've been doing more stuff in San Antonio, having to go up there for errands. And uh it's great, it's phenomenal. Burnt beans great. And it's like my dad was very close-minded. He wouldn't go eat. He, you know, he just was old school, like see Marcus never done me wrong, I'm not gonna go eat somewhere else. And uh I got him to start eating at to him and burnt bean and like he won't eat at city market now it's it's funny like you know it's kind of opened his eyes too and now he's interested in like trying to go to other places and before you know you weren't getting him off of getting him off of his property on a weekend to go do much of anything besides maybe going to town so it, it's a it's kind of affected my whole family you know my, my son loves barbecue I, I took him to snows for his birthday his first trip there my wife likes she loves barbecue she kind of gets tired of talking about it and hearing about it, but you know, it's uh, it's kind of turned into like a whole family thing. So, <laughs> believe me, my family goes through the same thing, and my wife does too. <laughs> She's yeah. like, "You're always yeah. barbecue." Um, yeah. Talk to me about that first pit you built. Uh, where is it? How yeah. how did that come about? It was a really long, excruciating process. So, I was uh. Like I spent probably like a year just talking to people uh, about different pits. And I kind of like, kind of like they say the NFL is a copycat league. Like if somebody knows that something that works, everybody starts doing it. It's kind of the same thing with barbecue pits. Like, you know, everybody, you know, we're all using propane tanks and lots of us are using elbows and reducers or, or using the collector, you know, mill scale and those guys use like, but you know, the internals are different. You know, some people do different stuff. It's, they're not all the same, but, you know, in some ways it's splitting hairs. But I just kind of started talking to people about, like, what they didn't like about different different stuff. You know, some people wanted, like, you know, more balanced counterweights or stuff like they thought was easier to open. Or just the main thing was trying to build a pit that was functional. That was that was kind of where that we just want to make everything easy. But uh, I basically... Uh, my dad had done some, uh, he, he, he's always bartering like gra gravel, like he has a paved driveway at his house. Well, he had, uh, he knows a guy that owns a local gravel company and they like traded out. He's going to build him a barbecue pit. And uh, my dad had built some barbecue pits before, but never uh, anything insulated or nothing like that they're doing now. It was very like old school, just an offset. Like usually they would have like the big smokestack with like the cabinet on the stack or something like that. Uh, but he he built that one and like I actually used pictures of that pit to start the Instagram page and like I had input on that pit but he built that pit it didn't even have a Syntex badge on it like Syntex didn't even exist yet but I basically I had plans for an offset and we started building like a prototype a thousand gallon I started reaching out to people on Instagram like that own barbecue places or pit masters and just almost like cold calling like. Hey man, like, and I would send him pictures of like what we had done so far on the pit and like designs or what we planned to do, trying to explain like what we were trying to do. And nobody really, uh, 
nobody would take a chance on us really. And I, and I was offering it like for stupid cheap, like, dude, all I'm looking for is an opportunity. And it was, uh, my dad's neighbor across the road. Uh, his name's Ken McGinty. He came over to the shop one day when we were working and he said, you know, uh, you know, you know who you are? I tried to talk to is Ronnie Killen. Him and Ronnie's dad were really good friends. And, uh, so I reached out to Ronnie and I didn't reach out to him. Like I just reached out to him for advice. Like, hey, nobody's willing to take a chance on me or whatever. I'm trying to figure out a way to like market this bit where somebody will try to buy one. I was like, you know, if it doesn't work, I'll give them their money back. I was still working. Like I, I was like right on the tail end of getting laid off. Like I knew it was coming because the oil prices that went negative one day. They were like negative $38 for a span in the morning. So that's pretty much like a distance in the oil field, you know, like, layoffs are coming mm-hmm. and uh he ended up messaging me back and was like you know what i'll buy one like i'll take a chance on you and uh, we built him the pit and we took it to him and killings in the woodlands is where that pit's at there's actually two of them there uh, he's got number one i think number four or number three and uh you know we, we dropped it off there but that was right whenever COVID was hitting so I think he was planning on opening it in like May of that year and it ended up getting pushed back to like way later in the year. So that pit, the pit sad. I mean, they used it, they would do like pop-ups and stuff and he loved it and he went on ahead and ordered another one, but it, it kind of, uh, that's where I got started, but it, it kind of, with COVID, it, it kind of, I think, stalled our momentum coming out of the gates because, you know, there weren't any events, there wasn't nothing going on for a lot of these restaurants were closed for a time. So it's, uh, it took a while to get it started, but, but having Ronnie as a customer, like especially our first customer, that really helped a, a lot. And he's been the greatest as far as like let me pick his brain and like asking him what he doesn't like about the pit or, you know, trying where he thinks it could be shored up or made better. And uh, that dude is like he's he's a god in my book because, I mean, if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at either because, you know, he, he took a chance on me when nobody else would. Oh, that's awesome, man. I, I've heard so many, so many stories about Ronnie and, and him helping folks out and doing, doing things like that. So uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that, uh, that he was the first. Um, one of the big ones that I saw, I think everyone saw was uh, the big Mo Quezon, uh pit that you, yeah. uh, that you did. That was pretty freaking incredible. How did that, co- how did that one come about? So that one, that one was, I think, Ronnie helping behind the scenes because I, I heard Big Mo was asking, looking for an offset, but I had never talked to him. And like, granted, I had just built Ronnie's pit and they weren't even open yet. So it wasn't like being used a lot. So I guess Mo had talked to Ronnie. He had saw pictures on Instagram of Ronnie's pit. He liked it. And then he talked to Ronnie. And then I also know uh, Robert Sierra. And I think he had asked Robert Sierra too, because he knows I, he, I think he knew I knew Robert because Robert's from St. Marcus. That's like 20 minutes away. And uh, he ended up, you know, he ordered one. He was our third customer. And uh, that one is probably one of the ones I'm proudest of because we really got, me and my dad both had this, like, we really like old school cars, hot rods, stuff like that. And uh, chrome, pinstripe, and, you know, all the, all the good shiny stuff. And on that one, Mo just let us go wild. Like he said, do whatever you want. And that's where he came with the, the chrome faceplate on the firebox and the chrome stack. And, uh, you know, we always do either stainless or aluminum, the knurled handles that have the, uh, we get them machined. 
And uh, we had that one pinstriped, and then uh, we actually painted that one. We don't really paint too much stuff anymore. We outsource a lot of that just because we have to like completely change the shop setup to be able to do that. And it, it doesn't work for how with as much stuff as we have to build, we can't really shut down the shop anymore. It's it's pretty much got to be devoted to just building pits every day. So yeah, dude, I, I definitely will will have to post some pictures of that from looking at at them online, dude. I'm like, man, that's that's a badass that's a badass pit. I'd lo- I'd love to see it in person yeah. one of these days. Yeah, well, we built a pretty sweet trailer for that thing too, and uh, on the skid it looked sweet. But like, so Mo wanted like we built him uh, that pit has like the biggest firebox we've ever done, and we do I think make a. We use it. We run a longer firebox than what most other people do. I think just by visually looking at them, uh, that one had an oversized firebox. Like it was actually taller because he wanted. Like he told me before he came, it was gonna be named Big Booty Judy, and he told me like make the firebox even oversized if you need to to make it look like that. So whenever what was the name he again? Just, he had it on Big Booty Judy is the name of his pit. <laughs> Big booty Judy, nice. <laughs> yeah. So he like he was there maybe ten minutes, and he already told me like big booty Judy, make her make her look right. Like I said, all right. So and that you know that one we're, we're really proud of, but the trailer on it, uh, man, that that thing is a work of art, and uh, it was funny because you know it had to be you want your pit to be cooking height when it's sitting on the trailer. Well, with it with the pit sitting cooking height. The firebox set an inch off the ground. So we had to basically come up with a, an air suspension, like an air ride for the trailer. So whenever he's driving it down the road, it has eight inches of clearance. He lets the air out of the airbags and the firebox either sits right on the ground or about a half an inch off the ground. And it's at cooking height. But then he can bag it up to get eight inches of clearance to drive. And uh, that one, like, I don't take, I take credit for some of the building on the trailer, but the suspension was, uh, I brought my dad in for that one, and he's a mad scientist, and that, that thing is badass. Like, even uh, even uh, Jesse James, the motorcycle builder, like, asked me about the suspension on the trailer on Instagram. Like, that that thing was that, – that's the baddest trailer, baddest barbecue trailer in the country right now, in my opinion. That's freaking awesome, dude. I'm going to have to hit those big um, competitions where, he, where he's at sometimes, you know. <laughs> And see if we can catch yeah. him one of these days. Yeah, he finished. Uh, we finished it like a couple of days, and it. I didn't post about it or nothing. And he took it to Memphis and May like the next weekend, and that's where it kind of got like debuted. He he showed up there with it. So yeah, that yeah. that trailers and that thing, man. Like that, I've had people ask us like if we'll build one, and I'll tell them we will. But that trailer probably took like three week three weeks to build, like with all the suspension and everything. Like it, it took longer to build in the pit. Wow. So now that uh, that you're having all of this success, I know the top 50 list came out. Did a little uh, research here. Looks like you have Danes, Rahino, 2M, Brotherton's Black Iron, uh, Killens, Butters, Eaker, and Burnt Bean, all top 50 mm-hmm. customers of yours. Mm-hmm. That's got to feel good, man. Yeah, man, it, it does. Like, it, it felt really good. But most of all, I was happy for all those people that made it because, like, almost all of my customers, I've, I've had their food. Some of them I haven't. Like, I haven't had Dane yet. 
Uh, I was actually talking to him last night about oh, I'm planning a trip to go up there in the next couple of weeks. It, it feels really good because I feel like, you know, we've only really been around like about a year and a half, two years. So I, I think we're off to a, a good start, but I'm one of those people that I'm never really satisfied. Like I'm not content. Like maybe if I had all 50, I might be like, okay, like, you know, that's cool. But I, I want to work with the best people I can. And I, if they make the list, that's great. But there's a lot of people that didn't make the list also that I think deserve to and put out some phenomenal stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely so many people out there that, um, um, you know, the honorable mentions plus a ton of other people that uh, aren't, aren't even in the, those hundreds. There's just so much good barbecue out there these days. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, congratulations on on all of that. Um, so it started just before the the pandemic. Is that when you when you kicked off uh, the business? Yeah. So, yeah. So I I got laid off in April of. Yes, it was 2020. No, it's 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't, I think I dropped Ronnie's pit off in June of that year. So 2019, June 2019, I guess is when I got started. But uh, I didn't actually like, I had been planning, like, because my job was always on the table to like come back open. And I, and prior to uh, me starting Syntex or wanting to start Syntex, I worked for myself for like a two year span. There was a, I think it was 2015. Uh, oil took a dip and they lay a lot of people got laid off i was one of them i was working as a contractor at that time for a wool company and uh you know i work i worked for myself and was doing welding work and me and my wife had a family a young family at that time and it was uh i mean i got it done but it was a disaster like as far as like trying to run the business in like started with no capital no no plan like no customer base just like and I was doing a lot of like entry gates and uh, like handrails in Austin. Like I was building a lot of like the modern looking style handrails for uh, some home builders in Austin. That was like the main thing I was doing. But uh, I ended up going and deciding just to get back in the oil field because the, the, the oil field here is really up and down the last 10 years. Like there's, it'll be great. And then you'll hit like a dip and they lay a ton of people off and, uh, I always try to kind of ride the waves. I liked to work as a contractor because you made a lot more money than if you went to a company position, you like your pay got cut in half basically. So I would always take the chance because I knew I could fall back on welding. But uh, it's uh, after the last time, you know, it, and when I got back in with the oil field, I decided like, you know, me and my wife had talked about it and I was about to be turning 30. And I was going to take a company position. The next one that was offered, like I was, you know, going to quit, quit chasing the money basically and like settle in and get some job security to where I, I knew I would always be safe when layoffs came around. And, uh, you know, Syntex, I got laid off and they told me like, hey, you know, give us a couple of months, let COVID settle out. We'll call you back. And, uh, you know, I kind of kept my hat on that and I was not planning on like pursuing Syntex full time because I had such a bad taste in my mouth from the prior time, like, you know, the stress and just trying to go through it at a young age with a young family, it, it was, it was rough on me. And like, I was thankful to got my old job back. And I was thinking like, you know, I'm not going to do this to myself again, you know? And finally, like it pretty much took my dad and my wife both telling me like, Hey, like 
we think you actually got something here with syntax like it's you know because i i don't want to say i'm negative i try to say i'm a realist but you know i i kind of thought like you know maybe it's just like a flash in the pan like getting you know yeah i got some likes on instagram or whatever like you know cool but we'll see where it's at in six months but you know i have probably about a 16 to 18 month waiting list now and you know i've worked with some great people and i've got a bunch more great people that are waiting for pits like you know it's uh it was nice to be able to tell the oil field like thanks but no thanks i, I did get to do that you know in a respectful way but i uh being able to do this it it's completely changed who i am like in a in a good aspect you know uh, working in the oil field it was always stressful and like i was always like working super super long hours, super long weeks, or being on call and just, you know, always having to be on my laptop and uh, even at home, you know, getting to do this, like, it's actually like, I get so much fulfillment out of it. And I, and I tell my customers sometimes, like, I'll throw stuff in on a pit and I'll charge them for it. And they'll be like, Hey, what the hell? Like, and I'll just tell them no product, you know, product over profit. Like I, I get so much fulfillment out of this and, getting to do it with my, with my dad and him helping me and, uh, you know, getting to get arguments with him about, you know, when he thinks something looks like shit, but I think it looks badass, you know, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's great. You know, me and him go back and forth a lot and it's all in good fun. Uh, it's funny. You can tell, like, if he does the handles on a pit, like he puts them on when I'm not like say on a weekend, he's like, Hamill hey, put these handles on these doors. Uh, when I get there, they'll always be rounded. But whenever I do them, they're square. Like I like square angles. Like he likes more rounded. So it, it's funny. Like you look at our pits and like the design of the pit is like from feedback. Like we built that off of talking to pit masters about what they liked and didn't like. And just like that's the design, like the functionality. But then you look in and you see the bearings and the hex Kelly counterweights that are from a drilling yard here in Luland all that it's got like my dad's fingerprints all over it and it's got you know jay stewart a guy who i worked for in junior high who owned a, i started working at a machine shop here in junior high in the summers kind of his style the industrial style it's it's got so many influences of different people i don't know i think it's badass i think our i think it's it's a dream come true to get to do what i'm doing i'm i'm extremely blessed yeah, and, and from what I can see, it's only getting better. You guys are are hitting your stride right now, and in what, two and a half years, you're now a force to be reckoned with in the barbecue business. Um, talk to me a little bit about the types of pits you guys are building, um, the sizes, and and uh, you know all of the different types. I saw Welo Pelon sure. over at uh, Burnt Bean. I thought that was pretty kick ass. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, talk to us about the the pits and and what you guys are doing. So right now, uh, as far as offsets, we offer thousand gallon, five hundred gallon, and the three twenty five or three seventy five. Uh, we've only built one of those. That's uh, what Andrew Soto's pit with uh, Butters Barbecue is, and then uh, primarily thousands of five hundreds are most of what we have. Uh, you bring up like Well of Cologne, uh, that was like Ernest. Ernest came to me with that request. Uh, he had already had his offsets ordered with, with mill scale. And uh, I had been bugging him like, oh, man, I know you're going to have to put something else in there, you know, whatever. And uh, he said, well, I, you know, I, I, I want to do pork steaks and like chicken and stuff like direct heat. 
you could try to do that. So uh, I built that direct heat box and uh, I do want to build more of those. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think I have one on order. You know, people, uh, that, that thing is, uh, Ernest wanted me to uh, do the pinstriping and all that. And uh, that one I'm, I'm pretty proud of because I got, I love pinstriping. Like anything I can put pinstriping on, I think it makes it like 15 times cooler, even though most people probably don't even like pinstriping. So that one, uh, that one holds a special place to me just because I got to build a furnace and he like, I ain't gonna say our styles are the same, but he likes, he likes the pinstriping and uh, I put like the eyebrows over the temperature gauges, you know, kind of like that unique stuff. We, we do a lot of like rolled metal over our lights and different stuff. Uh, maybe I'm getting off topic. Sorry. Uh, so that <laughs> no, was that's, the it's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I start. I'm sorry. Like I, yeah, I, I start going off on like going into La La Land. I can talk about pits all day. So it, I know I it, want to hear like, about. I want to hear about all this stuff. You know the pin, no. the pin striping is freaking badass. You know I saw Brotherton's yeah. the other the other day. Whenever I was I was in town for uh, I think it was breakfast. The paint had this little glitter in it or something. It was like bright and yeah, and then yeah. it had this pin stripe. Yeah, it had a, it was, it was a, so that was a. Brotherton asked me, because it was just going to be white. It was actually going to the powder coater, and it was just going to be a white trailer because he has a white truck. And he told me, you know, make it sparkle. Like, I want, I want it, you know, soup it up. Like, make it look good. So uh, whenever it was at the powder coater, I started asking him, you know, you know, what all do you have as far as clear coats? And he pulled out this bag, and it was clear coat with gold flake in it. I was like, Oh man, like yeah, put that, put two two coats of that on there too. So that's where the gold flake came from, and I think it like especially in like the afternoon low light, that trailer freaking it, it's beautiful. Like it shines, it, it looks good, but it's really subtle. You don't really see it unless you're looking for it. And then the mm -hmm. pinstriping, I actually had a guy come out of a uh, plain view to do that, and uh, I think he did a, I think he did a really good job on it, and it definitely like. The pinstriping, uh, the colors of the pinstripe are meant to tie in with the colors of the pit of the tank, which that tank's super. I think that's probably one of the best looking tanks uh, I've found so far. Seeing uh, that red color with the gray on there is super unique, and it ties in with the pinstriping. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that's probably uh, one of the the slicker rigs we've done so far too. Are you using the same guy to do all the pinstriping on on the pits? Yeah, I saw it on Willow Pallone so, too. So uh, I, the guy that did Willow Pallone is uh, that's like a fellow uh, named uh, Richard Aaron out of uh, Kyle, and he's done a lot of uh, he's pretty much done all of my striping, uh, but he couldn't come on. I had a Mark Champion coming to shoot pictures of that pit on like a Thursday or a Friday. And, and Richard only strikes on the weekend. So I ended up like finding this other guy on uh, Instagram. I think it's like El Bamo pinstriping. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was willing to drive down because he wanted to strike. You know, he looked at my Instagram, saw the pictures and was like, and I sent him pictures of the pit sitting on the trailer and was like, this is, it's ready to go. Like, this is what you're going to stripe on. And he was like, hell yeah. So he, he left. I think he said he left Plainview at like three in the morning and got to the shop at like 11 a.m. And he like smashed a big red, I mean, not a big red, a red bull, and just got to work, started striping. And I mean, it, it looked badass. And then he got done and I paid him and he drove back. And he's like, just tag me on everything on Instagram. I mean, so cool. Uh, it was great. Like, 
Yeah, it worked out because like it uh, it wouldn't have been the same if I wouldn't have been able to get that pinstriper on there because brother Tim was going to come pick it up that Friday too. So it, mm-hmm. if it wouldn't have if he wouldn't have came and done it, it wouldn't have went on there. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he I'm very was very gracious. I I tipped him a good amount for like driving for all of his troubles. Uh, all the lowrider buddies are all uh, excited about that. I'm sure. Uh, all the car dudes, you know, with the pinstripes. I know um, it reminds me of uh, Danny. He's got some, my buddy Danny Castillo, uh, mm-hmm. owner of uh, Heritage Barbecue out here in California. Huh? He's got some old trucks and he's got awesome uh, paint on them and, and uh, does a lot of pinstripes on them. And so that reminds me of his truck. It's like, man, so cool. If his truck was a pit, that's what... Uh, it would it would definitely be a syntax pit for sure. The whole um, personalization that you do for these guys is is um, is really neat, man. Great job on on all of that, and continue to continue to grow on on all of your imagination. You're putting all your imagination into your artwork, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, thank you. Now we've got some uh, we've got some stuff still still coming. Like we uh, we don't want to put like everything out there at once. We're we're like you know, but we, it's, I want to build a shop pit really bad. And, uh, my dad does too, because we got some ideas and we almost want to keep them for ourselves. That's, we're like design junkies. Like we, I care a lot about how the pits cook. And like, I'm constantly asking my customers, like, Hey, man, like some of them have gotten pissed off at me. Like, dude, quit asking. Like, it's great. Like if something needs to change, I'll tell you, like, it cooks great. Like leave me alone. Like, let me work. But, uh, you know, like obsessive about the design and like we constantly like want to tweak and like try to find things to make them better and are more functional. And, uh, you know, that's where like the bearings come in on everything. I think the product speaks for itself. I mean, I I believe in what we're doing 150%. Anybody that is out there that like builds pits for a living, I have the utmost respect for them because it's not easy. Like you don't do this unless you want to. You know, if you're in it for the money, you know, yeah, you might make a living doing it, but it's going to suck ass because, like, you know, you got to do this because you, like, you want to do it, you care. And you look at most of the good pit builders, they care. You can see their passion by looking at their pictures, you know, what the mm-hmm. product is. These things don't just go together. And I know, you know, people get pissed off sometimes, like, you have a long waiting list and stuff. And it's, you know, especially in my case, like, the last thing I'm trying to do, I, I have no plans to go to like volume and try to start like pumping these things out the door. I'm not trying to be like forward with the assembly line. I'm trying to be like Lamborghini. Like if I can't do all the details and all the little stuff, get them, get the handles machined and like be able to get all these, put all this badass time into your firebox door and all that. Like, I don't want to do this. That's, that's the part that like, I get the fulfillment out of and the enjoyment out of same thing with my dad, you know, and we're going to do it together. So it's, it's, it's badass. I'm working in his shop. Uh, I rent his shop behind his house from him. Uh, and he used to do projects in there. And now like he helps me. And then, you know, hopefully here pretty soon, we're going to probably be uh, needing to move into a bigger shop. It's, we got some stuff going, but nothing concrete yet but it's coming but that's great man so you said 16 to 18 months is what your waiting list is right now for for offsets yeah and then we yeah so like 
stuff like Willow Flown, I think that's what we were originally we were starting to talk about was different styles of pits. Like I, I have built a couple of live fire tables and uh, I have some builds I'm actually about to do next month that will have some live fire tables on them. Uh, those have been like pretty bare bones. Uh, we haven't really gotten crazy with anything on those, like as far as add-ons, but there is stuff that I'm, I'm, I've got in the works. I just haven't like put it out there yet. But uh, so live fire, we're going to be trying to build on that and start doing more live fire stuff uh, within reason. And then uh, the direct heat cookers. I mean, all the all that stuff's available to order. I just don't necessarily advertise it. It's kind of like we we squeeze those in in between in between smokers, but the smokers is 16 to 18 months right now. Okay. And are you shipping across the the state, the country? I mean, we're what a uh... yeah. I have one in California. Uh, I have one leaving in a couple of weeks to go to Washington State. Got one in uh, New Jersey, uh, Las Vegas. I've got them. I've got them all over the place. Most from Iowa. All over the country, they're already scattered. Like probably, I would say the first year of business, probably sixty percent of my stuff was all going out of state. It it didn't really, we didn't really start getting people from Texas until this year. It, I think people had to kind of warm up to us. We were the new kids on the block, and I didn't know anybody. But uh, it's really starting to pick up now, as far as people in Texas. And how can people get a hold of you? The uh, best way is probably through Instagram or Facebook, or you can email at syntexsmokers at gmail.com. Uh, let me ask you, so you, you said uh, you you like hearing all the feedback from your uh, customers and whatnot. How would mm-hmm. you rate yourself as a, as a barbecue, um, I guess not pit master, but um, as, as a cook? I would say I'm probably like, so that's the thing is I do really enjoy cooking. Like I, I haven't gotten to cook, like, probably this year I haven't cooked hardly at all, but prior to this, like, especially during college football season on Saturdays, I would be cooking every weekend, and it would always be, like, one weekend I might do, like, gumbo or some, I I like Cajun food a lot, I would do some whatever kind of Cajun dish, and then I do barbecue a lot, uh, but I don't even, uh, like at my house, mostly of the time now, I'm just doing strictly grilling, like cooking steaks and stuff, quick stuff. I don't really get as much time to smoke and like do like long cooks. But uh, I would actually say I, people would be surprised. I think my barbecue is pretty damn good. I would say it's probably solid seven, maybe an eight. I don't know. Maybe I'm going a little too high there. But. <laughs> you know, I always wonder. I always wonder these pit builders um they're always around the scene they're always they're building these incredible incredible machines that are in income generators for all of these folks yeah. i always wonder I'm like man i wonder if these pit builders ever get the itch to you know become pit masters and and run their own uh, barbecue man, business man <laughs> I, i'll be honest with you that would be like a dream come true for me like i think that would be so badass like I've told my wife that before, like recently, like, you know, if this thing ever took off where I could get it, where it was like self-sustainable, I think it would be badass just to go work, go work for whoever as like a pit man, like try to learn. Like, I know I wouldn't go in, like I'd be to the bottom of the totem pole. Like I'm a, I'm a realist about that, but I think it'd be badass to, to do that. It, man, I, I said, I hadn't talked about it before I'd be lying, but I know that's like pie in the sky stuff right now. My, my places with the pits for building them for a while. 
for the foreseeable future. All right. I always wondered that, you know. So yeah, like, uh, I, I don't know about the other guys, but I mean, every time I go eat somewhere, like if I'm in the pit room and like they're the pitmasters and they're doing stuff, like I ask questions now. Some of them they don't they don't usually always answer them because I'll I mean I'll ask like hey what do you put on the ribs like what's in that or whatever you know like I ain't afraid to ask but you know I'm only doing it like I'm not I'm doing it for myself so when I make food at home it's better it's not like I don't have yeah. no diabolical plan to like go start a place or nothing so yeah yeah that's got to feel good it's got to feel good to have uh to have your pits out there and like I built that shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I, I think kind of, my chest. and it, like it's nice but at the same time like i'm kind of awkward my dad's pretty awkward like we're kind of socially awkward we my dad was a pipeline welder growing up mm-hmm. and that that's like one of the most like braggadocious like arrogant probably types of people i've ever seen in my life like the prototypical pipeline welders like they're the greatest at everything they they welded like anything under the sun. They're the best ever. And my dad's always, you know, growing up, he just kind of told me like, if your stuff's good, you don't have, you don't have to tell people it's good. They'll tell you like, you know, just let your work speak for itself. So, you know, people like at Brett Fest, like I had people tell me like, okay, man, your pit looks badass. And I say, thank you. And like, I mean it. And I just say like, Hey, we're just trying to do our best. And I think people probably take that as like an arrogant comment, but it's really not. I just, don't really know what to say like you know that's to me and my dad it's not like you know we think it's we think it's good but we uh we don't get like we're on to the next one like, like we're you know we see the flaws or things like we wish we would have done different on it sometimes and you know we don't really ever step back and like pat ourselves on the back we're kind of more like hey you know we got that one done they're happy like we're happy like let's go to the next one but it's uh it's nice like it's good to get good feedback like i wouldn't i would be lying if i said it didn't make me feel good but uh it's not like i'm trying to avoid like any kind of complacency or whatever it's kind of just like thank you you know but i want to keep building them and you know the craftsmanship and the quality is what i hang my hat on and same thing with my dad that's the way he taught me to be you know they take you can spend a lot of time building a good name and ruin it in five minutes by putting out something that's a piece of crap like I'm not going to sacrifice my name or his by putting something out there that's not, you know, up to snuff with everybody else's or, you know, at least in the, in the, in that neighborhood. So, you know, it's, it's nice. Like the feedback's nice. I won't lie, but, you know, I try not to like worry about it too much. I kind of just try to keep working. Love it. Love it. I, I appreciate that. Uh, being humble is the best, right? Uh, so good. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So we uh, appreciate your time, man. I, I, one of the things that, uh, you know, we've been talking about this, doing this for, for quite a while. So I appreciate you taking the time to do it. I know you're busy. Um, one of the things that I like to ask all of my guests before we sign off is, can you tell us something about yourself that most people don't know about you? Well, you know, I'm sure when people see pictures of me and they see how um, good looking and, you know, studly I am, I'm a terrible <laughs> dancer, terrible, like two left feet, like it's God awful, no rhythm. And uh, I used to work in the meat market at HEB in San Marcos when I lived there and I had to wear like one of those cute little hairnets every day. 
Oh man, we gotta we gotta dig up one of those pictures with you in the hairnet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Great. I appreciate you being a sport about that. Again, man, yeah. thanks so much for joining. I wish you the very, very best. It looks like you're uh you're you're doing great already. Just keep keep on that path and uh you know stay safe out there with the whole COVID thing. I think uh, hopefully we're at the tail end of this and uh yeah, keep crushing it, buddy. Gotta, I hope so, man. I hope I hope it's over because I'm I, I actually was uh messaging Danny the other night on Instagram and telling him like I think me and my wife are gonna try to plan a trip out there next year to come try food and like We've never been to California, either one of us. So it's going to be nice. Like, you know, I think he just did that event. I guess it was like their one or two year anniversary. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping to be there for the next one. So. Yeah, well, you guys definitely look me up. I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to host. Yeah. Out. I, I know all the good spots, man. So hit me up. Yeah. Or we'll go eat some good barbecue. Sure. For sure. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, take care again. Thanks. And uh, yes. yeah, have a good evening, bud. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the iCrush Barbecue Show. If you like the show, please let us know by leaving us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever app you use to tune into the show. Make sure you subscribe to get all past and future episodes and share with your friends. Remember to follow us on your favorite social media platform at iCrushBBQShow. And check out our website at iCrushBBQShow.com to grab some merch. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cue.